0: The gift of thankfulness. We thank you for the <clears throat> the bounty that you've given us in this country, and as a body, uh, to um, enjoy uh, a time off, um, just eating and visiting, and traveling uh, to see family and friends during this season. Uh, we thank you that we've now entered into. A season of remembrance of the sending of your Son and the, the great miracle of incarnation that took place in time and space where the second person of the Trinity took on human flesh to be a uh, propitiation for us. What an incredible thing that the infinite would take on the finite and be fully God and fully man walk among us, uh, that we could see, touch, hear Him, and have the hope that uh, He is again coming in the flesh to us. We long for that day, and we are thankful that we have a sure hope. It's in His name that we pray. Amen. We are in Leviticus 13, starting in uh, verse 18. We've been We began last time uh, a lengthy legal treatise in Leviticus regarding skin diseases. Skin diseases. And I will tell you, having been in this for a week, I'm itchy. Um, There are seven of them in the chapter, and we went through two last time. What have we seen as the purpose of these statutes? What what do there's an underlying reason we're given these? What was the purpose? Holiness. Holiness. This is a cleanliness code. And uh, they're to remain ritually clean for what purpose? What what do they what do they have access to by being ritually clean? The The temple, there's communion with God and communion with their brothers and sisters, their covenant brothers and sisters. That's right. So you have fellowship with God, you, you get to worship Him at His pal- the palace of the great king, the tabernacle, and there is communion with the people of God. Um, the The purpose of these statutes, they, they first they affect the person's standing ritually in the religious community. The, the questions are, can they present themselves to worship Yahweh with their covenant brothers and sisters in His palace tabernacle? Are they in a place where, the, where contact with others would make other people ritually unclean? Am I going to be a deterrent for other people going to be with God in the tabernacle? And then there's also another benefit we've seen just in, from a society standpoint. A lot of this stuff, is if you quarantine people out, it doesn't spread, right? So there's a health issue as well. It's kind of a very benefit. So let's look uh, at the, the last five of these today. We're going to start in verse 18. If there is in the skin of one's body a boil and it heals and in the place of the boil there comes a white swelling or a reddish white spot then it shall be shown to the priest and the priest shall look and if it appears deeper than the skin and its hair has turned white then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a case of leprous disease that has broken out in the boil. But if the priest examines it and there is no white hair in it, and it is not deeper than the skin, but has faded, then the priest shall shut him up seven days. And if it spreads in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a disease. But if the spot remains in one place, it is not spread. It is the scar of the boil, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. Okay? What do you do with this? What's going on here? Do we see the same types of tests we've seen before on skin diseases? You're all going to be skin experts. You see this. Let me see. the white hair. It's got the deeper than the thing. Is it reddish open? And you need to get to a doctor, you know. You see this again and again. It's the same type of test, even though it's a different type of skin issue. Here we have a boil. Um, really, it's kind of a lesion. It's called a boil here in the English translation. And the boil is healed. The The idea here is the same language uh, that's used, uh, remember, for the sixth plague in Exodus. God struck them with boils. This is the same language that's used here. Um, some of the smart folks say that it refers to kind of anthrax, which is highly contagious, possibly lethal. Um, others say it refers to smallpox. But whatever it was, complications set in with this Okay, this week I looked at pictures of this stuff, just because you know you gotta. Hmm. It's good stuff. Oh, it's wonderful. Pass the turkey. Oh my gosh, and and all of them are that way, and it's just you, you feel itchy and you're like, but uh, it it heals up, but it, it doesn't quite. There's a complication with it. There's something going on. Uh, the 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 text says that the priest should look for either a white. Swelling or a reddish-white spot that has appeared in the place of the boil—it's not getting better. Something, something's going on. What do we know of the reddish spots on the skin? What, what have we seen before last week? What does that refer to? Raw flesh. Raw flesh, and why was that a problem? Do you remember? Because it hadn't started healing. It was contagious. It hadn't started healing. It was an open wound, uh, very uh, contagious. Many times. So, uh, if there's a deep infection and there's white hair, and we talked about what the white hair would be, it would be dead skin kind of sloughing off on the hair. It's a wonderful morning conversation. Uh, dead skin sloughing off on the hair that, that causes it to be kind of white. Uh, or there's some weakening of the, of the, uh, the, uh, the hair uh, follicles there that, that, that cause it to change colors. So, there's, there's all this kind of issue. If that's going on, then what happens? What does he do? What does the priest do? Declared unclean. When? As soon as he examines them. It's immediate. He's immediately unclean if he has these these two signs, right? There's no there's no pass go, no collect two hundred dollars. You go immediately to well, what happens? We don't know yet, we'll get there. He's declared unclean. What if there are not any of those symptoms though? What happens? Waiting period. There's a waiting period. Again, we see this quarantine. There's an issue of setting him aside, letting it sit for a little while, seven days. Check it out. If there's if there's no signs there, then he waits another seven days. He's quarantined for fourteen days here, and then um, and then there is a, a a declaration of clean or unclean. He's quarantined for a week, then examined again. If it spreads, literally, it says if it really spread. The, the, the idea is that the there's a noticeable, extensive growth in this, in this sore, then he's immediately pronounced unclean. However, if no growth, then merely a scar, and the person is clean. Alright, so boils. Verse 24 is burns. Same idea. It's the same kind of idea. Verse 24, Or when the body has a burn on its skin, and the raw flesh of the burn becomes a spot, reddish, white, or white, the priest shall examine it, and if the hair on the spot is turned white... And it appears deeper than the skin, then it is a leprous disease. It is broken out in the burn, and the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a case of leprous disease. But if the priest examines it, and there is no white hair in the spot, and it is no deeper than the skin, but faded, the priest shall shut him up seven days, and the priest shall examine him the seventh day. If it is spreading in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a case of leprous disease." But if the spot remains in one place and does not spread in the skin, but is faded, it is a swelling from the burn and the priest shall pronounce him clean for it is a scar of the burn. Same ritual, same procedure as we saw with the boil. The boil and the burn, same procedure. I think I misspoke earlier. It's a seven day quarantine, not a 14. The 14 is the next next one. So you have this burning. Burning is not a skin disease. Right? That's something done to you. It's not, it's not something that arises in the skin. It is, it is a burn from outside fire or, or obviously some kind of uh, hot pot or something. It gets gets burned and it doesn't heal. It's the same procedure. If the flesh is raw, the priest will examine it. The two signs are there. Then, um, then that person has a serious skin problem must be declared unclean. And if the signs can't be identified... He's quarantined for seven days, and at the end of that period, if it's spread, then he's declared unclean. If there's no spreading, he's clean. It's merely a scar from the burn. So, boil, burn, same procedure. Okay? Then we get to verse 29. In order to make it bees, I, I, I had to go British on this one. And I'll tell you in a second. 29. <clears throat> when a man or a woman has a disease on the head or the beard. Yes. Yes, if a woman has a beard, you got bigger issues. That is a skin disease. Examine the disease. The priest shall examine the disease. And if it appears deeper than the skin and the, hair, and, the hair, and the hair in it is yellow and thin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is an itch a leprous disease of the head or the beard. And if the priest examines the itching disease and it appears no deeper than the skin and there is no black hair in it, then the priest shall shut up the person with the itching disease for seven days. And on the seventh day, the priest shall examine the disease. If the itch is not spread and there is in it no yellow hair and the itch appears to be no deeper than the skin, then he shall shave himself, but the itch he shall not shave And the priest shall shut up the person with the itching disease for another seven days. And on the seventh day, the priest shall examine the itch. And if the itch has not spread in the skin, and it appears to be no deeper than the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. And he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the itch spreads in the skin after his cleansing, then the priest shall examine him. And if the itch has spread in the skin, the priest need not seek for the yellow hair. He is unclean. But if in his eyes the itch is unchanged, and black hair has grown in it, the itch is healed, and he is clean, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. What do you have here? You have skin disease in beards and bons. That's for the head. Anyway, all right. This is a case. Thank you, Thesaurus. This is a case where the hair can easily hide a skin disease. If it's in the beard, you get the Full, thick, manly beard, you got some stuff going on in there, you can hide it. A woman has thick hair, I know nothing of that. If you have thick hair, you can hide it, right? And, and so people can become unclean unknowing what's going on. So they take it to the priest, I've got this thing. It's just, that's what the word means actually. It means compelled to scratch, compelled to itch. And so they call it an itch in the English translation. You have this uh, three symptoms that he's looking for. What are they? The head and the chin. The three symptoms, what are they? Thin yellow hair. You have uh, yellow hair on the sore, and it is thin. thin. See, you you, you pull apart all the, the variables. And then what's the other thing? It's deeper than the skin, so you have the deep skin, you have yellow hair, and you have thinning. There's something going on. It's thinning out the hair and the beard, it's thinning out the hair on, on the bonds. So, if there are these things present, then the sore is a scab. In some translations, it says scab. Uh, the word conveys the idea of the sufferer not being able to keep his hands off the sore. It's an itch. You ever had one of those? Those kinds of. It. Nathaniel uh, will on occasion. Get kind of this hive thing going on. I think it's he's allergic to something, or you know, I yelled at him. Get he gets nervous, one of the two, and so he gets a hot and just constant scratch. You ever had one of those? Just cannot keep your hand. That's the idea here. You've got to, you got to itch it, and it's in the hair or it's in the beard. And if there these things are present, then then he goes to the priest. Some have said that that this is in line with a disease called favus. It's a scaly-looking disease that is noted for affecting the scalp, but can affect other parts of the skin. Again, I take on the burden for you of looking these things up in Google. Just, just trust me. <laughs> then it says, "Now you're all like, oh. um, it says there's no black. If there's no black hair on it, then he's clean, or, 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 or what does it say?" Says, uh, on the seventh day the priest shall examine the disease if the itch has not spread there is no yellow hair and the itch appears deeper than the skin let's see where does it say yeah it's in 31 31 and if the priest examines the itching disease and it appears no deeper than the skin and there is no black hair in it then the priest shall shut up the person in the itching disease for seven days Why wouldn't it say if there's no yellow hair in it why would he say no black hair the black hair was a sign of health because their hair was because their hair was dark. These are Middle Eastern type people. The natural color generally is, is, is black hair. And so if there's no black hair in it, it hasn't quite given the sign of it being healthy yet. That's the idea there. That's given some people fits. Why would it say that's a mystery. Think about it. You know, that's what's going on there. Um, black hair is a sign of recovery. If it's present, then no quarantine. If not, then the person is still suspicious and must be isolated for seven days. After the week is over, the priest looks for has the sore spread? Is there yellow hair on the sore? Has the sore gone deeper? And if none of these things exist, the person is to be shaved except for the itch. The itch is not shaved. Why? Well, maybe. Nurses, why would you shave all the area around so it doesn't spread? So it doesn't spread? What's another reason? Expose it more, you can observe it better, yes? Because it's everything else around it is shaved and you're just able to look at that one part. All right. So it provides for a cleaner and closer inspection. So they're quarantine for another week, but after two weeks, if it is not spread, then they're declared ritually clean. The person needs only to wash their clothes, and as long as the area and this goes on for the rest of their lives, as long as the area does not grow anymore, they stay clean. But the minute the thing starts spreading, if it does <clears throat> There's no quarantine. He's immediately unclean. Alright. So we have, we, have, uh, we have boils. We have burns. We have beards and bonces. And now we have uh, bright spots. 38 and 39. 38 and 39. When a man or a woman has spots on the skin of the body, white spots, the priest shall look. And if the spots on the skin of the body are of a dull white... It is leucoderma that is broken out in the skin. He is clean. I love the English translation. They provide these medical terms that they did not have back then. To just, you know, the idea here is that it sounds really bad. This white spot, this thing, it's not contagious. It looks serious, but it's not. The translation that we have a leucoderma. It it really means harmless eruption of skin. Okay, which version is that? Okay, there you go. That's all right. I get it's okay. There are those people out there. This is the only occurrence of this term in the Hebrew, and it's right here, dealing with a harmless eruption. Um. It signifies a non-contagious disease, and as such, the person is clean. End of story. We don't do any quarantining. We don't do anything. This kind of thing. Clean. And then we get to the most important skin problem of all. (laughs) Verse 40. Now this is law. Okay? This is statutory, Levitical. God reveals His nature through the law. Here it is. If a man's hair falls out from his head, he is bald... Semicolon. he is clean. <laughs> Alright, I'll see you all later. And if a man's hair falls out from his forehead, he has baldness of the forehead, not as clean, but he is still clean. But if there is on the bald head or on the bald forehead a reddish-white diseased area, it is a leprous disease breaking out on his bald head or his bald forehead. Then the priest shall examine him And if the disease swelling is reddish-white on his bald head or on his bald forehead, like the appearance of leprous disease in the skin of the body, he is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest must pronounce him unclean. His disease is on his head. So, instead of having a covered bonce, you have a bald bonce. And just the fact, the mere baldness of it, is not a skin disease. You, I, you bald guys don't have to run around going unclean, unclean. It's just bald. He is clean. But there is an opportunity. There's a situation where, and I look this up too, <clears throat> there's this kind of scaly thing that happens. This kind of reptilian looking scabby thing that can happen on the top of the top of the head. And if he's got that then we gotta go through the same steps we've seen before. The priest I seen that, um, after a light day. On a light like, day no, that's sunburned. <clears throat> that happens in my ears too. Um that's a different deal entirely. That's anyway. This is a I'll send you the pictures. They're very different. But it's the same test, right? The priest looks at it, he determines uh it is it is it a um, it, it, it is it necessary to quarantine this guy why would this be necessary why would we necessary to have this here that baldness isn't per se uncleaness it's, it's different it's di- it's not the well, well it's not the norm because hair falling out on earlier that if the hair falls out the thinning of the hair Shows a sign of illness in the in, in the in the skin, right? And so, well, what if it's big illness? <laughs> then, then you have. So the, he addresses this. All right, similar test. Look at the reddish white skin. Uh, why not a test for yellow hair, incidentally? Because no it's not necessary. That's right. So you have this this the tests that are there that are applicable to to what's going on. Look at verse 45 and 46. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose and he shall cover his upper lip and cry, Unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be Outside the camp. Here we are at the end of the laws. We see the consequences for one who is declared to be unclean. This is a big deal. What is the sign of this uncleanness? There's three signs. What? What? The three consequences of it. What do you see? What is he? What is he to do when declared unclean? He's first to do to torn clothes. Torn clothes. Live alone. He, he, torn clothes. What else? They have to hang loose. Hang loose. The hair is unkept. What else? <laughs> to have his beard and his mouth covered. there's kind of a scarf thing that they have to wear around their face. Kind of a, that, That's the idea there. You Remember Ben-Hur. Right. you got to do the beard. the beard too. Just... Um so torn clothes, loose hair, covered face, what does that sound like to you? That's the first that's the first No. Not John the Baptist. What what does it sound like to you? Mourning. It's a time of mourning. These are all signs of grief, of of my might be as bereavement. It's a sign of great grief. Why? you're uncast a- you're in constant state of unclean you can't go to the tabernacle to worship with your covenant brothers and sisters you can't uh, be around people without having them and again i want to point out that the ritual uncleanness does not mean that you're never around family again they come to you they can even some would live out with you but if they came back in the camp they had to go through the process of becoming ritually clean again there's all those kinds of we'll read about that in in chapter fourteen, but that's the issue. You're now an extra burden to have any kind of communion with the with the, your brothers and your covenant brothers and sisters, your family. You're now an extra burden to them. It's a time of mourning. What else? All of these are signs sign of mourning in the Old Testament. These are these are symbols that the person is, in a sense, ritually dead. They're, they're dead to participation in the tabernacle. What's the second thing they're to do? What does it say? When someone comes near, they're to what? Call out unclean. They're to announce who they are. They're to call out unclean, to proclaim... Their outcast status. Unclean. It's a warning to others who might approach them. They might become ritually infected. And there's also a sanitary issue here. I mean, some of these things are contagious. Finally, what's the last thing? They can't just roam the city, yell unclean, and then go to market. They live outside the camp. Right? They immediately become country folk. They are outside the camp and they usually congregated together because there's got to be some kind of community. We're not isolated creatures. We can't live that way. So leper colony, Out- leper colony is, is, is generally what we call them. It's outside the camp um, and they're to stay there. And again, this is ritual status. Family members could still join them, but they had to go through those rituals in order to participate in the religious... Um, exercise of the community but living apart from the community itself is a hardship the person was to follow these rules as long as the disease persisted and it's a protection for the community. Turn to Matthew 8 we've been talking about how these diseases these cleanliness code laws are a picture not just of physical things but are a picture of the heart. Yes? God says, Be holy for I am holy. Here's a visual of what that looks like. You're to be distinct. You're to be set apart from the cultures around you. Be holy for I am holy. Um, Matthew 8, verse 1. When He came down from the mountain, great crowds followed Him. What was He doing on the mountain? What is chapter 7 about? Matthew 7. What's going on there? What was he doing up in the mountain? Sermon on the Mount. On the Mount. So, Matthew, in compiling his gospel, goes through these, these points of doctrine that Jesus is teaching from the mountain. What are the last three parables in the Sermon on the Mount? According to Matthew, compiled by Matthew. What are they? Verse fifteen says, "Beware false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruits." There is a beware of those who would delude you, thinking they are true. Right, but you know them by fruit. So the the prophet is one who speaks. He says, I'm speaking on behalf of God, beware of them. They're trying to delude you about who they are before me. And it ain't true. Watch the fruit. Right? What's the second one? Probably the most, um, I say horrific, the most um, awful statement. In Scripture, Lord, Lord, depart from me, I never knew you. That combined together, it keeps me up at night. I don't know about you. What's that? It's self-delusion. I do all the stuff that's very um, noticeable by the circle I'm in. Um, I go to this conference, I read these books, I do this stuff. Lord, Lord, we cast out demons in your name. So that the fruit looks right. The fruit looks right, but the heart is lawless, he says. Right? The stuff may look good on the outside, but inside it's lawless, disobedient, rebellious. So there's, I'm deluding others, watch out for them. Uh, I'm self-deluded, Lord, Lord, said it twice in the Hebrew, whenever you say it twice, you really mean it, right? Lord, Lord, apart from me I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. And then he goes into build your house on the rock. Everyone who hears these words and does them is like the guy who digs down deep. We talked about that. The parable there. What's involved in building a house in uh, Palestine? Uh, that you dig down to the, the, the stable rock underneath. It, it takes a lot. I mean, the dirt's like rock itself. But the lazy guy who does not do the words of Christ. He's likened to the lazy guy who just builds it on top because, hey, this is good. The rain comes. He's deluded. Right? So he ends on, don't be deluded by others who claim to be something that they're not. Don't be deluded yourself. And here's the result of being deluded about where you stand before me. And in the first miracle... Now, Matthew's the only one that talks about the time and place of this miracle. And he says it as he comes off the mountain... Mark 1 and Luke 5 are the other instances of this miracle. And they don't really record the time. Matthew does. And he has this miracle happening just as Jesus comes off the mountain. It's the first one right off the mountain. And what does it say? And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying... Lord, 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 Lord. If you will, you can make me clean. What's the posture of this guy? He's not deluded that he is unclean. He prostrates himself. Some translations say he came, he he, he approached him and worshipped him. He kneels in the ESV. It says he kneels. I don't. I wish they had it differently than that. I think the right term is worship here. Um, Mark talks about kneeling. Luke talks about he's on his face, and probably both of those were happening. There's an attitude of worship, Lord. If you will, you can make me clean. There's a recognition. First of all, should he be there? No. No, he's a he's a, a leper. What should he have been doing? Where should he have been? Well, he's, they're not in the city, so technically he's outside the camp. Got that one down. They're at the base of the mountain. But what should he be doing in the midst of all these people? Yelling out unclean. Yelling out unclean. They should have known by his torn clothes, his unkempt hair, and his rag wrapped around his face that he was probably a leper. So, there's some, something going on here where people aren't running away from the guy. So, maybe he tidied up a little bit before he went to see Jesus. He's doing what he should not do here. He's being around people. He's coming to Jesus and very publicly... Notice the difference between him and the woman with the issue of blood. She does not of these kind of deals. He's open. There's worship going on. If you will... You have the ability to make me clean. What's the catch? If you will. Right? Isn't that the catch? Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, Hmm, I will be clean. why did he touch him? Why did he touch him? I mean come on he could have said it with a word and he does say it with a word. why touch him? Nobody had touched this, touch this guy and what does touch communicate? Caring, Caring compassion I'm human like you. Isn't that the point of the incarnation? I will be clean. He he crap, he touches it. What should have happened to Jesus by touching a leper? And we see it again, don't we? He makes the unclean clean. It doesn't it doesn't sully him. All right. He says to him, you are able to cleanse me if you are willing. You have the ability and it comes only at your will. He's not talking to a prophet. What does a prophet do? A prophet talks, repeats the words of God. He says you have the ability and healing comes at your will. Right? He's talking to God. Some get all wonky about the if issue. Uh, but he's talking as if Jesus is God Himself. Does Jesus correct him? Let me let me go pray and see if God wants me to do this. No. I will be clean. He claims for Himself more than a mere man. The mere expression of His will accomplishes the cleansing. <laughs> Calvin notes, why did he touch him? Calvin notes that he took on our flesh and not only did he stoop to touch us, not just to touch us, but unites with us in one body. That's pretty permanent touching. Christ comes from heaven to unite with us in the same body that we might be flesh of his flesh. Lord, if it's your will, and he touches him, I'm willing. We gloss over that as we jet through these chapters. You know, as we drink our coffee in the morning. The the power of of touching. Christ would touch him. He had no right to be there. He touched him and took hold of his uncleanness and made him clean. And then he says to him, go present yourself to the priest. He says, "And Jesus' Uh, and Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. That's Leviticus 14, which we'll get to in a couple of weeks. Why would he do that? What was the priest to do? He's keeping with the Mosaic law. He's keeping with the Mosaic law. It had not been repealed yet. Right? Present yourself to the priest, be publicly confirmed that you are clean, and do What? Present your gift. What was the gift for? We'll see this in 14. It's a gift of thankfulness for the healing of God. What's he accomplishing by having him go through this ritual? What's he accomplishing? He's restoring him. It's already public. He's now going to restore him to the priest who's not there. How did this happen? You've been a leper for a long, long time. How did this happen? He willed and I was made clean. Right? There's a testimony to the glory of God to the priest. There's an expression of his thankfulness for healing. Um, Christ had no other view in mind than to glorify God. And at the declaration of the priest, there would be no doubt that the man was made clean. On this side of the cross, those ceremonial laws have been repealed. We saw that um, early on dealing with the cleanliness code with Peter and Acts. We have one priest, Christ alone. We are healed by Him, declared clean by Him, and give our thanks to Him. He was sacrificed to make us clean. So, uh, I said before, some people are fussing over the conditionality that the, that the leper comes to Him. If it's your will. Well, he, he didn't know Christ's will. Right? He had faith in Christ's ability. He just didn't know the will of Christ. You do. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. First Thessalonians 4.3 How are we cleansed? How are you cleansed? This is the will of God, your sanctification. Lord, because I know you are willing... Cleanse me. These symbols, these laws, are an expression of the heart. They're pictures of where we are before God. And here it's leprosy, it's skin disease, it's a very obvious public thing that that causes them to be unclean. They're declaring, I'm unworthy, I can't be part of the community. Isn't that where we are? Whether you're a boil on the body of Christ because of your sin, whether you've been burned and it just hasn't healed, whether you have it hidden under layers where nobody sees something that continues to fester, whether through age and life experience you've lost the covering and your jaded scabbinesses of evidence, All of these are evidences of uncleanness in the body of Christ. And what does He say? I will be clean. How does it happen? He comes to Christ in Christ alone. Nothing in my hand I bring, solely to your cross I clean. He comes to Him. You have the ability. You can heal me. Only you alone. And He comes in worship. We cannot fix ourselves. We can't do it. I can't forgive a brother in Christ who's hurt me on my own. I can't do it. I will be clean. I have to go to Him. Show forgiveness through me. Operate that through me. Be Holy Spirit, work in me. Move me forward to be like Jesus. I can't do it. And we know that's His will. This is the posture that we are to come to Him, trusting and obedient. It's coming with an empty hand. This leper had nothing but a trust in the ability of Christ to heal him. I am willing, be clean. We don't come trying to snow others with how spiritual we are through empty words. Our words must be consistent with our lives or they are just words and our fruit exposes who we really are. We don't come deluding ourselves by crying out, Lord, Lord, and living lawless lives, doing all the stuff that looks good in Christian circles. And that includes listening to every James White debate so you can throw down with anyone. I'm just going to put that out there. I love the guy. But he lives the life he talks about, do we? But in secret, are we living lawlessly? Are we living lawlessly? I am willing, to Be clean. Any questions? Any comments? We're running a little long. No? Just, okay. I don't know if the analogy of the church to the bride and bride. I mean, isn't, there are, I mean, holy blind with undefiled, spotless, spotless. Spotless is, yeah, good. Idea of you don't want a bride with a hell of her. <laughs> yes, I mean... I don't really want to comment on, on that specifically because there's grace there. But um, but generally, Christ talks about His bride as being holy, blameless, spotless. Because He covers her. Because He covers her. Right, yes. I hope that's where you were going. I thought that might be. Any Anything else? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank You again for Your great grace to us your condescension to us to give us visual pictures of what must take place in the heart we come to you unclean and yet by your grace because of the gift of your son you make the unclean clean Lord would you give us hearts that come to Jesus trusting and obedient that we don't try to gen up through our own effort um, the holiness that we need to be before You. What, what a waste of time that would be. Would You teach us to have hearts that are humble before You, that we need You every hour. We thank You for the gift that You've given us in Christ, not only to be clean, but also the gift of thankfulness, which is also Your will, that we be thankful Help us to live that out as we relate to another, forgiving one another as unto Christ. And it's in His name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Yes, you may.